You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Matthew chapter 16. Praise God for His Word. I said praise God for His Word. We have been studying the anointing and we see here where Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, when he asked Peter, who do men say that I am? Peter answered and said, you are the? If, if you missed the morning message, you do need to get the tape, the CD, catch up on podcast. You are the? See, Christ is that Greek word. It's not Jesus' surname. It is a word that means the anointing. It is directly translated. It's not even a kind of word. It is talking about the anointing. When you see the word anoint, it is that word that we use to get the word Christos from. So anoint is that word Chris. And then what happens in, in, in that Kriya, you, you are then talking about the anointed one. Because when someone has the anointing on them, they are an anointed one. Jesus is the anointed one. Just as much as you know, we talk about Jesus as the Son of God. But how you know if you're born again, you're also a Son of God. Doesn't diminish anything from Jesus. Doesn't diminish anything from Jesus. He called us. We are born of God. He's the first fruit amongst many brethren. And so as much as he is the son of God, I don't have any problem saying I'm a son of God. How many say amen to that? So the same way he is the anointed one. I wouldn't be a son of God if it wasn't for the son of God. I wouldn't be an anointed one if it wasn't for the anointed one. But I am confident enough to say, if he calls me anointed, I am anointed. I said, I am anointed. And so the Christ means the anointed one. You are the anointed one. That's what came out of Peter's mouth. He didn't say your surname's Christ. He said, you are the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father's in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, on this rock, what's he talking about? You've tapped into something huge here. You have a revelation. And on this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Family, Jesus has determined to build his church. We're not trying to build something for him. We're not some religion serving some dead God out there. And you got no idea that one day when you die, you're going to stand in front of him nervous and you gotta, he's got his thumb like this and he looks at you and he's got to decide, are you up or you down? And he, and he looks at everything you did in the earth. That's religion. There are religions where people are afraid to die because they got no idea where they're going and will do stupid things, evil things, thinking they're somehow going to please their God to earn their way into heaven. God never intended for that to happen. 
He sent his own son to hell to pay the price you and I should have paid. Paid it in full and rose from the dead, proving the father satisfied all sin is paid for. There's nothing more you and I can do to earn our way into heaven. It's already guaranteed. And he is committed to it more than we want to be in heaven. He did it because he wanted to see you in heaven. He did it for his own sake. The Bible says so. He forgives your son for his own sake. We thought he forgive, forgave us because he felt sorry for us. No, for his own sake. He wants his family in heaven with him. Come on, give him praise if you're getting a hold of it. Say, my father wants me in heaven more than I want to be there. You realize you've got to fight to stay out of heaven. You have to. You have to argue everything that God set up for you. He, he'll send people to you, he'll make the whole of creation cry out. He'll do everything. He's paid the price, given his life. He's laid it all before you, makes it easy. Just confess and you have to actually reject it. You have to fight people. You have to argue against God. You have to argue against religion and, and doctrine. And you have, to, you have to literally just be obnoxious, ugly and horrible and just totally reject God. You've got to fight to get to hell. And yet people are going there every day. What a sad thing. And I really believe the only reason for that is because people are not hearing the gospel. The gospel. The gospel. The gospel. I said, the gospel. Jesus said he's going to build his church. And if Jesus does something, it does not fail. I just don't understand why that church didn't work. Jesus didn't birth it. Or he did birth it and the person stopped listening to him. Because if he's building it, it has to grow. I thought I'd get a bigger amen. I said, if he's building it, it has to grow. Do you preach the gospel? Yes, amen. Well, what are you preaching? What are you preaching? The gospel. What gospel? The gospel of Christ. What, what are you talking about? What? Stop using terminology. Let's get down to the nitty gritties. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up as was his custom. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. When he opened the book, he found the place where it was written and he begins to read from Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me too. He has anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord. Everyone say the Spirit of the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit. Just keep your marker there and have a look at Acts chapter 10. Verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is not a thing. It's a person. The type and shadow in the Old Testament was the physical oil. 
That was just to have contact. Because in the natural realm, they didn't understand the Spirit. You said the Spirit's upon you. <laughs> What's that? Because no one experienced Him in their, in their inner man because they weren't born again. So God used the oil so that they would get an impression of what that would feel like. But it's still a physical impression. The physical anointing oil that Isaiah in chapter 10 said, that anointing removes burdens and destroys yokes. But the oil was just a type. The Holy Spirit is not a substance. It's not a liquid. It's not a thing. The Holy Spirit is a person. The anointing is a person. Say that. The anointing is a person. It's the Holy Spirit. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with. Not anoint him and give him the Holy Spirit. He anointed him with the Holy Spirit. And what happened? With power. And as a result of anointing, went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. Why? For God was with him. Who God? The anointing. Say that Jesus did everything he did on the earth because the anointing was with him. Go back to Luke chapter 4. Verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord, that Holy Spirit is upon me because He has anointed me too. There's a purpose. There's a purpose. There is a purpose. He's anointed me to preach what? The gospel. Everybody say the gospel. Now what's he referring to you? Now, as you read the Bible, as I discussed this morning, you're going to see it in the Word as you go. You can go look it up anytime. Just type in your concordance, Gospel of Christ. And that's used regularly. Why? It's the Gospel of the Anointed One. The good news. The word Gospel means good news. Everybody say good news. My grandson, saying more amens than you are. <laughs> yes, amen. Preach. There's a preacher sitting there. Amen. Everybody say the gospel of Christ. He's anointed me to preach. Now watch this. The gospel is to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He's anointed. And everything he did from that day on, was that anointing in action. The signs, the wonders, the miracles. What kind of man is this? What, where does he get this wisdom from? How's, what, what, what manner of man is this? He commands storms and speaks to the weather. and The anointed one. I said the anointed one. 
I said the anointed one. Where I say the anointed one. He's telling the disciples, he's showing, he's preaching this gospel of the anointing. Everywhere he went, he preached the kingdom. The message of the kingdom is this anointing. You'll say, how come there were so many signs and wonders in the early church? Because they preached the early message. What you talk about happens. I said, what you talk about happens. We're not going to get into debates over doctrine and argue about whether this is that and whether you should be or shouldn't be, whether I don't know that. And no, if, listen, if we lay hands on the sick, they recover. If we speak to sickness and disease, it flees. If we sow seed, it multiplies. We have a God that when we decree things, it happens. Jesus said, whatever you believe for, when you believe, praying, receive it, you will have it. And if you speak to a mountain, don't doubt, but you believe what you say will happen, you will have what you say. I thought anointed ones would be cheering by now. Why? We believe that anointing removes burdens and destroys yokes. I don't want to tolerate anything that Jesus destroyed on the cross in my midst. Have you say amen? I'll crawl up in a corner and cry because I'm, I'm hurt and now I'm telling I'm, I need more people and why doesn't anyone take care of me and, and I just need some send attention. No, I, I will stand up. That is an oppression. That's the devil trying to take from me. If he tries with sickness on me, I don't say, why me? I said, I'm, oh, you don't belong in this house. You fight that. That's a fight of faith. I said, it is a fight of faith. I heard Dr. Jerry Savell the other day preaching and he said that so many Christians have given up the fight. If Christianity happened easily, if things just came because, you know, God wanted it, then everybody would be walking in it. But it takes a fight. We have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. It is a fight, but it's a good fight. I said, it's a good fight. Why? Because it's not me fighting. I'm letting the anointing go to work. See, when I speak, the anointing flows. But it has to be received. It has to be received. And that's where a lot of people don't connect. Because, you know, like I said this morning, people say, well, if you, if you believe in healing, just go empty all the beds in the hospital. Jesus couldn't even do that. I said, Jesus, if he was here on the planet today, Jesus himself went into hospital. He couldn't do it. What? Go read your Bible. He went home to the same people who wanted to kill him when he first said he's anointed. Then he goes out and proves he is and then comes back and they still didn't believe it because they know his father and his mother and his, and his brother and sister. And he couldn't do any work there. Why? Because of their unbelief. You with me? So don't get fooled by people that ask stupid questions. When you understand the anointing, you, you can't be tricked anymore. Because you understand how the anointing works. Son of David, please help me. Well, what do you want that I can see? Do you believe I'm able to do this? Why don't you just reach out there and watch us, everybody? He didn't do that. Do you believe? Why? Because he knew if he doesn't, there's a block. Well, once the man said, I do, 
There you go. The anointing flowed. It was proved with that woman with the issue of blood. When she pushed through that crowd, Jesus didn't even ask. Jesus didn't offer it. We don't even know if it was Father's will or not. We don't, we don't know if God's trying to teach her a lesson through this or not. We don't have any of those questions answered. And she walks up and says, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. She reaches up, grabs the end of his garment, and boom, the power flows. And he stops. Who touched me? And they, what do you mean who touched you? The whole crowd is touching you. No, someone placed a demand. I felt the anointing move. It's tangible, family. He is tangible. When, when the anointing moves, you know it. And I wonder if that was the anointing. If it is, you know. He knew the Holy Spirit. He did something here without me even knowing it. And when she first confessed, she said, that was me. Woman, your faith made you whole. See, everything was done for her up to that point. But when she made the connection, it flowed. And she was healed. This is the Jesus we're talking about. Now, he's, he's preparing his disciples and he's getting them ready for ministry. And he goes and he says here in Acts, uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 49, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. I've given you the word. You've seen it in action. You even heard from my Father that I'm anointed. I've acknowledged you correct, but don't tell anyone until you Receive the same power. What power? The anointing. For what reason? To. To what? Fill in the blank. He has anointed you to. Family, there is an anointing. I don't care what you are called to. What God has put you on the earth. Now, I don't know why I'm here, I don't know, I just don't know. No, you are here for a reason. Now, you may not have found it yet, but you've been sent here for a reason. Students, listen to me. You didn't just study to get a piece of paper and wear fancy clothes tonight. This is not just an academic qualification. You've studied for a reason. You've been sent to this earth, no matter who you are. I don't care what you do, what, job, what your job is, where you work, who you connect with, but God has sent you into this earth with purpose. God does nothing without purpose. Everything He creates has a reason and a thought behind it with specific intent. And when he delivered you into this earth, he told Jeremiah, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb and I sent you as a prophet to the nations. God delivered you into this planet. And whatever he's called you to do, there is an anointing 
to do it. You never have to try anything again in your own strength and ability. You never have to look at your own education. Now, I'm not putting down education because I'd prefer my brain surgeon if I ever needed one. I won't, praise God. But, uh, you know, if any, my dentist, my doctor, my, my whoever, I would prefer to have someone who's trained to do it. There's a reason behind training. I'm not putting any of that down. What I'm saying is you never have to rely on your own capacity for learning, your own ability to internalize, your own willing, your ability to remember things. I just can't remember anything. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will remind you. He said, don't even worry. You're gonna be pulled up in front of magistrates. Don't fret it, don't worry, don't panic. You don't have to explain yourself. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. The, the anointing is there to equip you. The anointing enables you. The anointing empowers you. The anointing gifts you. The anointing delivers through you. The anointing, if you, if you get this revelation, it's no longer I who live, it's, it's no longer I who live, it's the anointing that's alive in me. See, these scriptures start to make sense when you read it properly, accurately. The anointing empowers you. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. God gave himself some, apostles some, prophets some, evangelists some, pastors and some teachers. When the Lord called Janine and me to plant this church, the anointing was powerful. When the God spoke into my heart, it was so clear, it's as if you had spoken to me. That's how clear it was. It's, you'd have to look in the room and think, did anyone else hear that? And we knew we were called to plant this church. We came down and we looked around and we sought the Holy Spirit to lead us. Eventually identified this area, this region. And of course, there were other churches in operation. And even Paul said, he does not go where Christ was preached. Isn't that interesting? Now, what's he saying? If that's the case, then where else are you going to plant a church? Because I'm sure there's churches in, in every little town somewhere. Even in a little Dorpy, there's a little, you know, building with a little steeple on it. Five people go on Sunday. So would you not going to go preach there now? So I understood that. So I said, Lord, there are other churches there. But there's a reason you're calling us. There's a purpose behind the calling. So I said to him, and this was my prayer. I said, Lord, I don't know if there are 13 churches. I don't count them, but I don't just want to be church number 14. See, anybody can want to start a church. Why, why are you starting a church? Why are you planting the church? Well, you know, no, no, you better make sure it's God. I said, you better make sure it's God. You don't want to be doing something just because it seems like a good idea. It might look all, you know, 
flashy on the outside <laughs> or some way attractive or somewhere. No, it comes at a cost. You better know that when hell is thrown at you, <laughs> that Jesus is fighting the battle and he only fights for his church. I said he only fights for his church. So I made sure it's him. I said, why do you want the church here? I'm not just going to be church number 14. What's our reason? What's our purpose? And this boomed in my spirit. Equip believers for the work of the ministry. Equip believers for the work of the ministry. Equip believers for the work of the ministry. That boomed in my spirit. Um, that was so clear back then, I, I didn't need anything else. It's grown and I'm going to talk more about it. But at this moment of hearing this, I knew exactly what we needed to do. We needed to get down here and we're going to equip believers for the work. How are you going to do that? You need to be preaching the Word. Preaching the Word. Teaching. Teaching. That's how else you're going to be growing and increase. When Jesus couldn't do any mighty work, what did He do? He went about from the village to the different villages teaching the Word of God. Family, you can have great, wonderful services where people are falling over and shaking and laughing and running. And that's great. We've had that. And it's important. It happened in the book of Acts. They came out and everybody thought they drunk. But if that's all we're doing, then what's happening? What's the purpose behind that? Oh, it was a powerful service. Hallelujah. So what changed? What changed? There's a reason because every single one under the sound of my voice has been called for a work of the ministry. And there's an equipping for it. There's an empowering for it. So I have to teach. We have to teach the Word of God. Now remember, we had just planted the church and back then we had what they call a minister's fraternal where all the different parts of the different churches, we all got together uh, so that we could pray at each other. And um, <laughs> forgive me, Lord. I, I just, you know, there's, there's just certain things that we do religiously because, you know, they did in the sense of unity. And I, and I was wondering where that unity is. But, you know, I, I did it. I wanted to. I was, I was going to be part of the guys, you know. I don't want to seem like I'm aloof or, or out of touch with everybody else. And so I, I went. I got, wanted to meet the other guys, get to know them. And one day, one of the pastors said, what do you guys do down there at the bay? And I said, what do you mean? He says, you know, every time I drive past that building, any, you know, at, at night, the lights are always on. There's always, there's always people at your building. I'm like, isn't that how we all do it? What, why, why are you always at the building? I mean, you know, because some of us, you know, some of them were just having church, one service Sunday morning. After that, the building's closed, man. I said, we are equipping. We're training. There's training. We, we are training. We are equipping. We are teaching. We, Sunday's not enough time. 
I only got you for one hour on a Sunday. That well, Jesus is Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Get someone saved, born again. There you go home. Okay, now I'm going to wait seven days. No, I'm going to get you on Monday, Tuesday. If I can. Why? Because we got to equip. We got to train. There's people to go and visit on a Monday. People that got saved. We got to get them saved. You know how many people have told me, testimonies come back. When we stand up here and say, you fill in the card. We'll get back to you on a Monday. And we do. They're like, what? You're the only church that's ever phoned us back. Oh, yeah. We love you. We got people trained to love souls. We need to get you visited on a Monday. By Tuesday, you are already part of a prayer group. Wednesday, you're in home cell. Thursday, we got you in spiritual growth, man. Friday, you're praying. Our youth are meeting. Saturday, we are interceding to get back to Sunday to get someone more saved. We're a mobilized, equipping church. That's our purpose. That's what he said for equipping the saints of the work of the ministry. For what reason? The edifying, the building up of the body of this anointing. The body of the anointing. Family, you and I are the body that have been put in this earth to carry the Holy Spirit. We don't just talk about him. We live with Him and we're listening to Him because there's a hurting, dying world out there that the anointing is ready to destroy that yoke and get that person back into the fellowship of our Father. And you and I are the ones anointed to do that. You're doing more than graduating tonight. We are using this as a marking point to celebrate the hours you put in, the success of studying, the ability to hold what he said and to be able to express it. That's what's tested. Not testing knowledge. Can you express what you've learned? Why? Because you're not going to do this religiously. You are now equipped thoroughly with a living word that whatever need shows up in your presence, I know what the word has to say about this. And you don't have to put up with that one more time because listen, here's what the word says. One, two, three witnesses. Let's destroy this yoke out of your life. I am anointed to set you free. Come on, give Jesus praise.